Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Yes, indeed. A spirited victory out in Los Angeles. Last night, Padres flip it on the Dodgers. After losing 5-3 in Game 1, they bounce back, win 5-3 in Game 2, and now it's a best-of-three series. Padres get two games at home with a chance to end this before even having to go back to Los Angeles. The Blake Snell, well, I don't know, have they announced the starter yet? Uh, Gonsolin. For us. Oh, Snell, yes. Snell is uh, Gonsolin versus Snell on the mound. Tomorrow night here at Petco Park, I am sure it is going to be loud and probably nothing like we've experienced in this ballpark ever. Um, The closest thing maybe would be the the reopening last year where you had the building pretty packed up, but I imagine that won't even uh, be on the same level, Chris. No, I'm going back to the bottom of the first inning of the first game that uh, Juan Soto and uh, Josh Bell were part of this year and uh, against the Colorado Rockies when Brandon Drury hit that grand slam. That was as loud as I've heard Petco Park ever, and I expect it to be like that pretty much the entire night tomorrow. And uh, I think the fans are going to get there early. I think they're going to be in their seats early. They're going to be cranked up. It's going to be a remarkable atmosphere. And, uh, you know, it's going to be something, Tony. I was thinking of this today. The Padres have not won a playoff game at Petco Park in front of their fans, period. They've never won a game, a home playoff game at Petco nope. Park in front That's of fans. Right. The last time they won a playoff game at home, of course, at Petco Park was uh, during the COVID season. <gasps> Before that, you have to go back to 1998. They were still playing at Qualcomm Stadium when they beat the Atlanta Braves in game three of the National League Division Series. So, Yeah, that, that playoff game in 2020, I imagine, Chris, you probably can relate to this, having played at San Diego State. Remember... During, like, the winter, you'd, like, play like a team that came over to your stadium. Nobody's in the stands. Oh, you yeah. guys are just out there playing games. I'm sure that's what 2020. But Chris brings up a terrific point. With fans in the stands, the Padres have never won a game at Petco Park in the playoffs. No. Ever. So, I mean, it has a chance to be something really, really special tomorrow night. And, you know, I, I'm excited that the Padres were able to even the series. I, I, I want to pump the brakes just a little bit before we, uh, we, uh, we carry on into, you know, the wonderment of last night's game. Because I think a lot of Padre fans think, you know, now we got the Dodgers. We got the right. split, and we're coming home, and, you know, everything's in our favor. I've seen it too many times. The, You know, the, uh, the underdog steals game two on the road, comes back home, and takes the foot off the gas a little bit. Just think how tough that game was to win last night for the Padres. Just think how much 
they had to put in to win that game last night and the and the plays that they had to make and the pitches they had to come up with uh if ever there was clutch pitching last night that was it by Suarez and even Darvish before him and Hader uh they all did a remarkable job but it was a it was it took everything the Padres had to to even that series and the Dodgers are going to take it up a notch now in game three and game four. And I hope that I'm sure the Padres are going to be ready. I just want the fans to make sure they're ready because you're going to have to take it up another notch to win two more games against this team. Don't forget, it's one of the great teams in National League history. And just because you won a game at Dodger Stadium doesn't guarantee that you're going to win two at Petco Park. I think they can, but they're going to have to play a great baseball to do that. Now, I go ahead. I was going to say, I suggest you follow the leader, and that leader being Manny Machado. I'll read you his quote after the game. We're going to compete. We know that they're the the division champ. They own the best record in baseball. They've played very well against us all year, but at the end of the day, we're going to go out there and compete. We're going to go out there and leave it on the field. We're going to go out and try to do everything possible to help our team win every single day. That's what we started in New York. And we're going to continue to do that until we're not. That doesn't sound like a dude that's putting his eggs no. in one basket. He's going game by game, which means his next step is him and his team's next step is winning Friday night. That's and then it. they'll address the following day after. But there's no need to look that far. But I feel where you're coming from, Chris, because there does seem to be a a lot of uh, – I mean, if we go we go from waves over here, man. I mean, we go from like – can't win we suck to all of a sudden we're gonna win this bad boy at home we're not even going back to los angeles which is a possibility but you know i think the approach that manny and that ball club down there takes is the same approach we all should take right yeah game by game and i promise you it's less stressful when you do it that way yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's it's easier to bite off and, and chew a little piece at a time than it is the whole enchilada. But I, I do want to say that last night's game is one of those games, Tony, that I present to the, the, the fan base out there in San Diego. I present to all sports fans, and I say, okay, tell me there are other sports that are better than baseball. <laughs> I mean, when you see a game like that that had a little bit of everything, home run Manny Machado, answering home run Freddie Freeman, Home run Max Muncy, answering two-run rally by the Padres, answering home run by Trey Turner. Padres come up. I, I thought one of the greatest plays of the game, Tony, was Austin Nola throwing out Mookie Betts. Oh. That was unbelievable. Oh. And the time of the, the, the time that he did it was so important because you Darvish was teetering, and to get an out for him in that fifth inning and help him get through that fifth inning was huge. And I think that gave the Padres a little momentum for the sixth inning. And then, and then they score, and then Gratterall makes his play, and Bellinger makes his play, and then the Dodgers threaten in the sixth. And then the Dodgers threatened in the seventh. And then the Dodgers threatened in the ninth. I mean, it was just, ah, man, it was three hours and 30. You and Jesse said it was three hours and 34 minutes. You know what? They could have played for seven hours and 34 minutes. I would have watched that game last night. It's a good example, again, why you shouldn't kill yourself to, like, completely go over the top during a regular season. Tell me that this, what is it now, five games that we've watched – haven't been the best baseball we've seen all season long. Like, just tell me, the, the from everything you mentioned, right, the homer, the answered homer, the homer, the answered homer, the throwout, the deacon right field by Juan Soto. I mean, there are so many things you could point to on why this game is so magnificent. 
come playoff time. Fantastic. And it also and it also points to why you see, uh, specifically that NOLA play, why you see the rules being changed the way they are. Because the idea is that you promote more that kind of suspense action, you know, on the edge of your seat type play, right? You get a little bit more of that during the regular season, which hopefully entices more eyeballs to come to the games and watch it on TV. But that is what you're basically chasing right there. I mean, everybody in the building knew he was going to go. And, you know, the Padres all season long have been, I don't even know if you could say poor. Poor might be being nice when it comes to how they've been able to control the run game. But when it mattered most, much like when it's mattered most in the playoffs, they've won games. When it's mattered most, Austin Ola put a dime. And listen, none of that is really, in my opinion, on Austin Ola. Our, our pitchers, aside from maybe Joe Musgrove, uh, don't do that great of a job holding runners. And so, you know who bears the, the, the brunt of that? Yeah. Austin Ola or whoever the catcher is. He doesn't complain. Matter of fact, I don't even know if he's ever even said anything about it. No. Nope. Yet, when it was time, he threw a dime right on the bag, and they get a really good base runner in Mookie Betts. I mean, I know he may not be the fastest, but he's probably one of the most intelligent base runners in in the game. He picked his spot. He took off. He got a good jump, just a better throw by, by Austin. That was a huge play. It was sensational. And obviously uh, what Robert Suarez did, I, I, you know, Ooh. Tony, look, if you – if you, I know the Dodgers have bets. They have Trey Turner. They have Freddie Freeman. They have Will Smith. They have Muncy. You go down the. But if you could pick one guy that you did not want to see coming to bat in the bottom of the sixth inning with runners at first and third and nobody out and a brand new young relief pitcher who's never been in a playoff baseball game before or not yeah. coming never before he pitched a little bit in the Mets series, but it's his first you know his first year. Yeah, Justin Turner's the last guy last I'd want guy. to see coming thought- up. I and, thought the and, same thing. And when man, he, came to he the strikes plate. him out. Are you kidding me? And then Lux the double play. Uh, that was just thrilling. It, it, it was just really something to behold. You know, how, you, you know how you know it's playoffs. That's the first like real emotion I've seen for Bob Melvin on that double play. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I, I think I've, I've I've seen period in throughout this time as he's been a manager. I don't know if I've seen that type of emotion. They it never was, catch him excited. They, at least they never catch him. We should say that they never catch him on camera. With that kind of emotion. Yeah. But that just tells you, especially a guy who is as stoic and as steady as him, how big he thought that double play was in that moment. It was uh, That was a lot of fun, man. These games take a lot out of you, I might say, man. I, yeah. I am, you know what? I, I, have, I have a little behind the scenes for everybody that we just learned that uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. was so worn out after the game, he actually broke down and had a Dodger dog. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. How, you did hear that. that's how much energy he put into broadcasting that game last night. And Tony... You were on fire last night, and you and Jesse both. I, I got to tell you guys, you never, when you're broadcasting a game, you never think of all of the people that you're touching out there. But last night, I was playing in my Wednesday night softball game. It, it took a lot for me to go play because I wanted to watch the game, but you know, I, we needed our guys to show up and play. So er, there was a ton of people out at the Poway Sports Complex last night, and the guys, the, the the gang at the Poway Sports Complex, put your guys' broadcast over the loudspeakers. That's awesome. And so while we were playing softball, we were listening to the playoff game. And I can tell you, to a player on our team and the team we were playing, nobody was focused on the game we were playing. We were all focused on listening to you guys call the game. You did a fantastic job last night. And I got back in the car to drive home just for the bottom of the ninth inning. Tony Gwynn Jr. had the line of the night. When he said the Josh Hader's fastball, he's just throwing it out there and letting it eat. 
I just thought, man, that was an unbelievable description of what Josh Hader's explosive fastball was like last night. So you guys did a great – everybody had a great night last night, and it was a night to remember for sure. Yeah, no, that was uh, – Jesse and I have, have had a blast. First of all, it's pretty cool to know that at sports complexes, our voices are being blared over yeah. speakers oh, yeah. during yeah. It was softball awesome. games. That's that's a pretty cool thing. And but I'm sure it was happening elsewhere in the county. It was just that's where I was. Well, I'm not so. kidding. I heard I heard the radio as I was walking through the parking lot of a grocery store. I heard you guys on the radio. And yeah. I walked into a gas station on Saturday night. And the the radio of you guys when they were oh, playing yeah. the Mets yeah. was on. You're, you're and touching the guy a lot was of so pumped up. You're touching a lot of people right now, guys. So it, it's great. Yeah, it was no, great. It's, it's, it's that was uh, that was pretty fun. And you know, I, I know you you referenced it before the first game. Joe Musgrove. I don't know if this dude is like a, a Nostradamus or something, but he's like, we just got to get, we just go in there, split the series, come home, do our thing there. Well, they got their split. They now come home, and I just I I. Uh, there's, you know, there's two elements of, of how I'm feeling, right? I'm super excited about what it's going to be like tomorrow during the game. And then there's a piece of me that is like, this place is going to be so packed. Leaving the game is going to be just an absolute. <laughs> 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 you got to pay the price, Tony. You got to pay the yeah, price. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Guys, nobody's uh, going to leave early tomorrow night. So, yeah, yeah you no, might yeah, as well Everybody's going to be here to the end. By the way, pack a uh, lunch. Thursday, Thursday night football uh, following our show, 4.30. You guys will get a chance to uh, – who's playing tonight? I, I've been so it's locked in. It's such a bad games. game. I mean, it's, it's a, not it's even a worth hot promoting. game of the Commanders and the Bears. Yeah. Commanders and Bears. The Commanders, yeah. I just got to say, it's the worst name in sports. Yeah, you it's and Jesse right are on the same page with this Commanders name. You guys it's both not good. you guys can't stand it. It, it's, it just doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> like it should. I wish they Every time the I Commanders wish... comes up on the TV or on our screen, <laughs> Jesse makes sure to tell me how – Terrible that name. I is. wish they would have just kept it Washington Football Team for Chris. Name oh! and logo. <laughs> Washington Football Team wasn't a bad name. If they, you know, they could have stuck with that one for sure. Yes, they could have. All right, uh, Annie Halbram. She'll join us uh, later on this hour. Uh, we got our Gwen and Chris NFL pick. How did we do last week, Chris? Uh, last week I went three for three. You went two for three. So I picked up a couple points on you. It's uh, it's a six point spread right now. You know what my favorite part about this is is that Chris is so calm about it, but you know inside he is so pumped that he picked up a point on you. Picked he's up two points. Two points. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's super competitive, so I know he's pumped. Oh, inside he's like, yeah. But he also know that Tony like, is super you know, competitive. I've been here before. I've done this. Yeah. But he's, He's enjoying Tony is super day. competitive, just like me. So we, we have a lot of fun with our pick em. I, I very much am. All right, let's get to break. More Gwyneth Chris on the way. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Those are your middle infielders. First pitch swinging, grab ball to second base. Cronenworth charges to second for one. Him to first. Oh yeah, it's in time in a double play. Robert Suarez comes into a first and third nobody out situation. He strikes out Justin Turner, and he gets an inning-ending double play off the bat of Gavin Lux. Ah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Padres over the Dodgers last night, 5-3 to three to even up the National League Divisional Playoff Series. At a game apiece, and uh, we got a great day lined up for you tomorrow here on 97.3 The Fan, beginning with Ben and Woods. And uh, the coach, John Cantera, both their shows will be broadcast live downtown and uh, in the gas lamp. And then uh, we are going to be out, Scraby and I, starting at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon at uh, Gallagher Square. Yes, Out behind correct. left field. I'm excited. Park in the old park in the parks, now Gallagher Square. I don't know Square. why Chris, Chris has to remind us every single time we talk well, about Well, I remind Gallagher myself because I forget the name Gallagher <laughs> okay. Square. I, I, I still want to call it Park in the Park, but uh, we'll be broadcasting live out there before the game. It's going to be It's going to be lit. Right? Is that fair, or is that just me sounding dorky? <laughs> no, you're, you're using it perfectly, man. It's nice going to be job. something tomorrow. I mean, I, I can't wait. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to get to go to the 98 World Series at Qualcomm Stadium, and uh, I still remember the feeling in my bones just being in that stadium for games three and four. And I'm looking forward lit. to be, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being in the stadium tomorrow <laughs> night. Petco Park's going to be amazing. And Padres, like we said earlier, trying to win their first ever playoff game at Petco Park. In front of their fans. They've never won a uh, home playoff game in front of fans before at Petco Park. And uh, I know tomorrow night everybody out there listening to this program and elsewhere is going to be doing everything in their power to uh, help the Padres bring home a win tomorrow night and try to take a lead in this series on a great L.A. team that uh, that they made the Padres work, I mean, for everything they got last night. Uh, you know, it's nice to see Tony Gwynn Jr. that uh, somebody else other than the Padres can have a bad night with runners in scoring position. Mm. Uh, Dodgers were 0 for 8 last night, and I, I think that goes back to what I said. The Padres did not have dominant pitching necessarily last night, but they really had clutch pitching. I mean, uh, I, I thought Darvish was amazing. First of all, he had to shake off the umpire, uh, Chris Siegel, who had a really just a bad night, and I, and I thought he had a bad night for both sides. Probably a little worse for you, Darvish, because Muncy followed up that missed call with a home run. But uh, you know what? Sometimes as a pitcher, you gotta you gotta work through a, a, a tough night by the umpire. And uh, I, I thought you, Darvish, did a great job of that. I mean, he gave up the home runs, but he made some pitches when he had to. Got some help from his defense on that throw by Austin Nola. But obviously, Suarez, I mean, was clutch. I mean. Uh, you know, coming in in the sixth, and he put two runners on in the seventh and was able to get out of that after loading the bases. Uh, that was a questionable move by it, to me, but maybe not to anybody else. Uh, Freddie Freeman comes up, second and third, and uh, the Dodgers trailing by a run. I'm always worried that when I walk the bases loaded, even though Freeman's a left-handed hitter and Will Smith's a right-handed hitter, 
I'm always worried, Tony, when you walk the bases loaded, that now Suarez is forced to throw strikes to Will Smith, has no room for error. And that, again, was just clutch pitching to get ahead of him and get him on that fly ball. But that's a tough spot to put a young pitcher in, and Suarez came through. Yeah, listen, I I think that is what happens when you get in postseason and you have the trust of your manager. Um, Clearly, Bo Melf didn't feel that way. He was was fine going that route. And Suarez made the pitches he absolutely had to. Right. I mean – that's what it. That's what this time of year comes down to. It's not about domination. It's about execution, and he executed in those two batters as well as you could execute. And uh, I mean, listen, I, there, you kind of had some insight into it uh, because the opening of that of the Mets series, second game Mets series, Bo Mel let that come out. I don't know if he was if it was a secret or not, but he certainly said. You know, basically that Suarez was his eighth inning guy. That's the that's I mean that's the next arm before your closer. So clearly he he regards him at, at a pretty high level, and uh, he only did, he only went out and proved that last night. So um, it was uh it was you know that's why Bo Mel is is Bo Mel. That's why he's <laughs> getting paid the bucks. He's getting paid because he has to make those type of decisions, and when he makes them. There's good results behind him, and that was just one of them last night. Yeah, he has a great feel for his players. He truly does. He's had that all year long. And uh, I have a great feeling with this team being led by Manny Machado. I mean, I I don't know how many times this guy can back up the claim that he's Manny bleeping Machado. But, you know, when your team is down a game in the series and you're going up against a Hall of Fame pitcher in Clayton Kershaw, I I know that the, the home run he hit in the first inning didn't stand up the same way Josh Bell's first inning home run against Max Scherzer stood up. But it set the tone for the game, Tony. I mean, once again, Manny Machado, he not only said we're going to come back and be ready to play in game two, he 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 did it. He walked the walk, as as they say. And, you know, that, that announced right away to the Dodgers, hey, you know, you're going to be in for another fight tonight. It and, did. And, and, you know, Manny has just been tremendous. I mean, the RBI double uh, defensively, again, and you said it again last night, Tony. I don't know how many – I wish you had a dollar for every time you said that this year but because you'd be richer than you are now. Um, and that's pretty rich, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, no, yeah. what, he's, what, what you said was – because he made another great play on somebody. And yeah, you said, a, a, and you a just, rocket to, to his left, I believe Yeah, and you just, you just said to Jesse – I mean, we talk about this, Jesse, but, you know, he makes it look so easy that nobody thinks it's even a good play. But you you were right in saying at the time on a scale of one to ten that was a ten, and that's how good he plays at third base. I, I I'm going to keep I, I'm I'm not going to stop talking about his play at third base until they give him one of these gold gloves because this 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 has got to this has got to change this year. He's just been yeah. amazing. He, he he really has, man. He's 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 Manny bleeping Machado. I don't know <laughs> what else to say. And you're right. That was in, in in the same way Josh's Josh Bell's two run homer in game one of the Mets series set the tone for them for the rest of this series. I think Manny's Homer yesterday did a similar thing, right? You get on the board first and you're letting them know that even though you guys are fifteen and five against us, we're not going anywhere. We're we're gonna be here. Right. And even better, they answered it a second time. Um, after the the Dodgers responded, and so you know from that point on, I, at least in my mind, I knew okay we're in for a game. Like 
This is this isn't. They're not. There's no folding at this point. These guys are going to meet the challenge, and that's exactly what we saw from them last night. It was uh, it was truly truly um, a team effort, right? I mean, in the same way they closed out that Met series, where you had a bunch of people contributing in in small, some big ways. You had the same thing. The other thing, you know, you need to give Bo Mel some props on. We all should was recognizing the flip in the lineup with the lefty starting again. He moved Jerickson back out of that leadoff spot, and I understood why he kept him there the first night. They were so productive in that Mets series. He was so productive. Why mess with a good thing? All right, but he goes over in the first game of that series, and boy, oh, boy, with the bottom of the lineup playing the way they played in game one, what could you have? You would have loved to get some production out of the top, right? It went one for 11, I believe it was, in game one, one, two, and three. He flips that. You get Ha-Sung on there with a single, a walk. Uh, you, you get Manny doing his thing. Bottom of the lineup, not as productive, but they did enough. And I think that flip in the lineup, though, once again, now Jerickson, he gets goes down, he's on base three times in that seventh spot. So the bottom of the lineup, hey, once again, doing their thing. And so uh, I, I just thought that was just another – one of those great team wins for the ball club. Talk about the Deke play uh, in right field by Juan Soto a little bit, because I had somebody ask me about that, and I I, I don't want to answer it when I when I have a uh, a major league outfielder uh, as part yeah. of my talk show. I'd rather you you kind of explain what he did and why that was such a big deal. So it was on Muncie's really should have been a double at the very least. Muncie hits that ball to right, and Soto. It's one of those plays where initially you think you have a shot, and so it looks like you're you're tracking it down. Realizes he's not going to get to it, but he doesn't. He the, the way he deked, it wasn't just he put his glove up. He slowed down as if he was coming in to make the play and put his glove up, and that literally stopped Will Smith in his tracks, like he did not move, which is why he only got to third. Now I'm not saying he certainly would have scored, but what I wouldn't am saying is. He wouldn't have hesitated as much. Muncie would have get to, got to second base. Now you have second and third. And I, would, and, and, and I think they would have possibly taken a shot at sending Will Smith home. But he had to hold so long because of the deke, it ends up it ends up preventing a run from coming across. Yeah, not, not only preventing a run, but keeping Muncie at first base. First base, Which right. set up the double play later in the inning when uh, Gavin Lux grounded into the double play. Muncie had been at second base. Obviously, that's not a double play ground ball. So, you know, we talk about the little things and how much they can mean in a baseball game. That's something that certainly doesn't show up in a box score. But, no. you know, one thing to me, Tony, and I'm going to keep saying this today because I want everybody in the right frame of mind. To me, this is like a five-round, you know, you know, fight. And I was going to say heavyweight fight because I think it is now. I don't know that, you know, maybe the Dodgers and their fans and the people following the series expected this to, you know, be a five-round heavyweight fight. But the Padres showed in the first two games that they're stepping right into the middle of the ring and they're throwing blows and they're accepting blows. And when they take a blow, they get back up and they keep on punching and they're going toe-to-toe with these guys. And I think that's the attitude you got to go into game three. It's round three now and it starts all over again, like you said before. What you did in round two was terrific, but you still got to get some more points in round three and round four because – this Dodger team's not going to get knocked out easily. They proved it last night to me, Tony. They, they, you know, as much as the Padres fight back, the Dodgers can say the very same thing. I mean, they just keep on scratching right to the last guy. Freddie Freeman doubles off the wall 
Will Smith hit the ball pretty well in that last at bat. Yeah. Juan Soto made the catch, but they didn't die until that 27th out, and I wouldn't expect them to in any of the games going forward. Remember, this team, this ball club was upset last year in the playoffs, and you can bet it, bet that there's some a bad taste left in their in their in their feel in their mouth. So I, I can guarantee you what Chris is saying in terms of them not they're not going to just go away. That is that is a that's a definite, and so it'll be incumbent upon the Padres to keep playing the type of baseball they played through the first two games. The only difference in the first game compared to second is you didn't get as good of a start from Clev as you got from Darvish. They both weren't at their best. We've seen Darvish at his best. We just watched him uh, at his best in the previous series. So uh, it's 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 the Padres know this. They just need to go out and execute and play their game of brand of baseball and it's good enough to win in the playoffs. We've seen it now. All right. Uh, meanwhile, a really quick update in uh, Houston. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning of the American League playoff game. Seattle leads the Astros 2-1. to one. Yankees and Guardians were rained out today. We're coming back with Annie Heilbrunn, Padres reporter, will join us to talk some more Friars and Game 3 of this NLDS, which comes up tomorrow right here on 97.3 The Fan. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Sorry about that. I was uh, watching Jordan Alvarez give the Astros a lead. He just did it again. I don't know if you guys watched the play before. It was a little blooper that that fell in for Pena. And uh, Castillo looked pretty pissed that it wasn't caught. And I, you know, I was like, man, he's pretty upset. And then I saw who was up next, and I was like, oh, that's why he's that's pissed. That's why he was upset. <laughs> because that, that out gets him out of the inning, and uh, they still may have a lead. Now they're down one in the sixth as – uh, the Astros continue to just be the Astros. This well, is the Jordan other team. Alvarez is being Jordan Alvarez. He won the first game. He won the second one. Wow. But they seem like they always – my point is they seem like they always have somebody like that, whether it's mm. Springer or whoever it is to come playoff time, somebody's balling. All right, let's uh, – is is uh, is Annie ready for us? I think so, yeah. All right, let's jump on it. And, uh, joining us on Quinn and Chris pre- via the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan – Hotline Annie Halbrum joins us. Annie, how are you? Did you get some rest last night? Tony, Chris, it is great to be with you guys. Um, I got a little. I got a, I got a few hours. Did, did you yeah, okay. So you got, you got a nap in, it sounds like. I, I, got, a, I got a nap in. I, I thought to myself, it'll be a little zombie-like today, but the good thing is we'll get some sleep tonight, right, and be able to come back here tomorrow when it, when it really counts. No Annie, what was it. the uh, what was the the enthusiasm like in the clubhouse? Because I I know that you know there you got to be enthused to win that game, but at the same time you got to keep it in perspective. You still got a lot of work to do in this series. How did they handle that? Yeah, you know what stood out to me? Um, they were excited. I mean, I would actually want to dial that back. They were they were happy that they had played a good, clean game of baseball, and the, the way that they had gotten that win, I think that it gave them a lot of confidence. But they weren't so elated that um, it seemed almost like relief for like, 
you know, they, they, they surprised themselves. It was more of a, of a confidence, but a assuredness that they still have work to do. And I thought that that stood out a little last night because when you walked into the clubhouse, um, yeah, like I said, they were, they were happy about it, of course, in the way that they played, but it wasn't some over-the-top thing. It was more like this is just the next step in where we're trying to go. Um, and I think that says a lot about how they're trying to approach this every single day. Annie, you and I have covered this team all season long, and one of their biggest bugaboos was controlling the running game. And perhaps the biggest, biggest, biggest play in that game last night was Austin Nola throwing a, a BB down the second base and, and throwing out Mookie Betts, who is a terrific base runner. What was what was the conversation in the clubhouse about that play in particular? Because I know Bo Mel brought it up. Um, that was a yeah. that was a huge play. It was huge, and you know Austin Nola, Tony, better than anyone. And he's usually, you know, he's very calm and reserved. He doesn't really get too high or anything like that. After the game last night, when he was talking about that play and and, and whatnot, for for Austin Nola, it was a it was a heightened sense of um, of just no, you know, I, I would say excitement, but just uh, uh, knowing that he was able to get that in a very timely moment, a moment where it really needed to happen where it really changed kind of the momentum of the game you could tell that it really meant a lot to him as i think what i'm trying to say there is is it it certainly was a play that he is going to look back on and he's going to appreciate himself that you know he was able to execute that and he told me after the game too so much has to go right for that you know you have to have the right pitch the pitcher has to get it in quick um you know obviously the throw the tag has to be right they you know he said mookie didn't have the best you know jump on it and so just everything has to go right for it. And so I, I really think that that is another example of kind of showing themselves, hey, we can do this. We got the confidence. We just got to stay calm. We got to play our game. We got to take advantage of opportunities. And they also talked about, you know, with those errors with Trey Turner and everything, it's taking advantage on the other side, capitalizing on any kind of opening that you see with a team like the Dodgers because you're not going to get many of them. So I think both of went both ways on that. Annie Halbrun is with us, uh, Padres reporter, of course, for Bally Sports, and uh, she's just been amazing all year long covering this team. And uh, Annie, uh, tell me a little bit about, just take us inside the the mind of what you know of Trent Grisham, because to me it takes somebody that's that's got a, got a lot of fortitude to be able to go through what he did through this regular season and be able to somehow turn the page once the playoffs have started and uh, obviously contributed an RBI in each of the first four games. I know he didn't have one last night. Uh, he was probably a little disappointed in himself because I bet you he thinks he should have caught Freddie Freeman's home run ball, even though he, sh- he couldn't quite get to it. <laughs> probably thought he should have caught Mookie Betts' double, even though he made a great dive. But I, I know he expects a lot of himself. But how does a guy like Trent Grisham be able to do what he's done in the postseason after what he went through? Yeah, this has been huge. I mean, the Padres don't get to L.A. if not for Trent Grisham in New York. And I don't think anyone really expected to say that sentence. I mean, I, when we were seeing Buck Showalter game plan against Trent Grisham in the lineup, it was kind of like, what? You know, because I know from even myself, it was just so hard to to almost grasp that, that the regular season could have gone the way it did. And then, boom, you know, he's able to, to find his swing. He's able to find his confidence. And you could tell that as he kind of compounded those RBIs and those hits, just you could see a different uh, confidence in him and just also kind of like a, a little bit of a sense of relief. 
I think that he's handled it as well as you can handle something like that. I mean, it's, it's just not fun to go through. And you, you certainly don't feel like you're helping out a lot. I know during the first champagne celebration, I'm sure for him, it was a lot different than the actual um, celebration that they had in New York after they won and, and they advanced to L.A. Because you, you feel like you've really done something to, to help the team move forward. And so credit to him for continuing to grind through it and for taking that last week before, uh, before the Padres went to New York. Bo Mel put him in. He was able to get some swings and, you know, be able to kind of just do some at-bats and everything like that. And credit to Bob Melvin because yeah. – Trent alluded to the fact that Bob Melvin continued to tell him, hey, I believe in you. Hey, this team, if it's going to go where it needs to go, we need you on it. We need you hitting and everything like that. And so I don't know that you get that, and I'm sure Tony could speak to this, but I don't know that you get that with every manager. You get that kind of um, constant belief no matter how bad your your low is, you know, and like he got there. And I think that is the difference. I mean, if, if, if he wouldn't have gotten that, I wonder if he would have been able to believe in himself as much that he could do this. So um, it says a lot about both sides there, but you know, you've got to be happy for Trent uh, for sure in those moments, because it, it really takes a lot to get through that. I, I tell you what, it takes a manager that has the clout to just keep putting you back <laughs> yes. in there. And, and really aside from that, it takes a manager who's experienced seeing guys be able to pull themselves out of what seems like the bottom um, and, and knowing that they could still do it. And I, I, I just can't say it enough about Bo Mel and the confidence he's instilled Trent Grisham, and that's why he's playing well. Annie Halvram joins us here. And, and Annie, how much, in, how, much was it ta- how much was the missed strike talked about amongst the players? Was, was there any conversation about it last night? There was conversation. I, I know you said, hey, we won the game, um, so that's all that matters. But I think it would have been talked about more had they lost. But really, it wasn't talked about as much in the clubhouse because I, I think for them it felt like um, we were able to overcome it just like we're over, we've overcome, you know, different things throughout this season and different things throughout each game. You know, that's not going to be the one thing that causes us to just fold, you know. Um, and so I think it, that there was definitely some grumblings um, that I did hear about, you know, in such big moments and such big games it's very difficult when something like that happens because every pitch is so important you know you you don't get it back and even though last night wasn't a must win it felt to all the players in that clubhouse and and to all of us right like a must win like you you can't go to san diego down two games and and they really keep saying that over and over like it was a must win to them last night so um i also think that that kind of pressure that they put on themselves but then they were able to execute pretty calmly throughout the game kind of showed them a lot about themselves too. But yeah, I, I don't think that they, uh, I don't think they appreciated it, but I think it was more like, you know, that, and then I'm going to go to the full on other side with that, that goose on the field. They weren't even that, they weren't even that, you know, crazed over that. They were kind of like, whatever it was. It's almost like those things are like nuisances that get in their way right, right, right. now of trying to get to that win, you know? And so it's, it's kind of funny how you do feel that, that vibe and that intensity has completely, um, not not totally changed, but you just feel that they are so locked in right now on what they need to do. And yeah, they're having fun. And yeah, it was a, a funny moment. And yeah, the strike, the missed strikes stunk and everything like that. But just little speed bumps where they're trying to go, sort of thing. I know Annie's trying to go downstairs. I got a, it's a bunch of uh, press conferences at uh, Petco Park and Tony too. So real quick, Annie, before you go, uh, give me a quick yeah. description of what you expect the. Uh, the, the scene to be like at Petco Park tomorrow. I know you did a lot of Charger games oh. in the playoffs in the past, Petco Park, but this is going to be 
off the charts tomorrow night, isn't it? It's going to be amazing. You know, I, I always go back to the game when Juan Soto and Brandon Drury and Josh Bell, the first one they played after the trade deadline, and you could feel the energy and the intensity in Petco Park. Like, you could feel you could, it was palpable. You could feel that it had, like, elevated a few notches. And then when Drury hit that grand slam, like, the place was going crazy. And yeah. I, I'm imagining that times now, like, 10 or times 100 or, you know, just even more. And I, I just think, too, guys, the area around Petco Park, like just downtown and the East Village, and 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 I just think San Diego is going to be decked out. But I think it's it's going to be pretty electric in, in Petco Park, and, and the players are so excited for it. Um, but it's just going to be electric around the ballpark and just people's excitement. I don't know who's working tomorrow. Like, who's really going to like be sitting in their office, you know, <laughs> paying point. attention to work? They're going to be. They're going to want to get downtown and start having some margaritas or beers or whatever they're doing and just hang out and just be part of the atmosphere. So, um, And if they win, guys, I would expect that the honking and the, the partying in the streets is, uh, is going to be pretty vibrant, certainly tomorrow if that happens. And then, it, obviously, if they're able to uh, not go back to L.A., it's going to, it's going to be pretty, pretty crazy down here in a great way. Great point. I mean, the city around the stadium is going to be bonkers tomorrow not just yeah. the st- inside yeah. the stadium outside the stadium Andy, we know you got to get down and get ready for those press conferences i'll see you down there in a bit thanks for coming on hey you guys i just wanted before i go i just want to say you guys do an excellent job and i mean i get to see tony do his thing every night and it is he i don't know if san diego appreciates him enough he is fantastic chris you and matt scraby as well you guys do an excellent job so you guys keep up the good work on your end as well. Thank you. Thank you, kind, Andy. Thank yes. you very much. Andy Take Alper, care, guys. See you later. Bye. Padres reporter joining us there on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Uh, yeah. This place is going to be <laughs> crazy. It's going to be bonkers. What time do you think it's going to all start? Like about the game's at 5.30. Do you think it'll games be like five, buzzing at like at, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock? Game's at 5.30. So. 5.37. Yeah, I, her point is valid. Like, who's going to work tomorrow? Uh, not many people, that's for I sure. I don't think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of people not going to work tomorrow. No, this Good. is just, this is just one of those moments where you can't miss it. You hey, can't. Because you, you don't can't. know when it's going to come back you, again. You really can't. If you're a true San Diego or San Diegan, um, you know that you just can't bank on being here, like, all the time. Oh, I'll go next year. Well, you don't well, know. You're rolling the dice. Rolling uh, I have dice. an update because we were asked yesterday a lot, actually, about what uniforms the Padres are going to wear tomorrow night, if it was the oh, City Connects Lord. or if it was a different uniform. They are not wearing the City Connects tomorrow night. Thank God. They are not. I, mean, listen, I, I love the City Connects, but I do not want – uh, our playoff <laughs> photos for the rest of our <laughs> lives on this planet <laughs> to be that. I love those uniforms, but that's not that's not our that's not our standard. They're fun uniform. for like a Friday in August, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. Padres I mean, announced they're going to wear the regular it, it, pinstripes tomorrow. If you truly believe that you want to start um, some history and have some history, you can't be like jumping around on uniforms that aren't like your actual uniform. No, that's like, a good that's, point. I didn't think about it like that. I, I just recently got a, a text from a friend of mine. said, I'm not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> you must be listening to the show. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Padres, uh, I shouldn't say, yeah. No, Padres press conferences will start here in about 
20 minutes. You know, I, I've actually heard uh, your voice on the press conferences that we've been playing quite a bit. I've got yeah, a couple Tony's questions asking in a lot there. of questions. Yeah. I've got a couple questions in there. You're sneaking a few in there. boy. Yeah. You are, know, you, are you just, writing them out first? No, no. Not I'm a just, boy. <laughs> That's just, good. Just when if it comes to if it if it comes to me while I'm sitting there while Absolutely. listening. Absolutely. You got uh, a uh, you got a mention on the uh, national broadcast, by the way, and and I don't remember if it was last night or the night before. So I I, I take it back for not remembering. <laughs> either but way, it would have either been Adam or uh, it AJ. was Adam. Adam Mean. Uh, he gave you a good shout out. Uh, they were talking about how Jay Cronenworth wore. Your dad's oh, yes. nineteen jersey uh, at yeah, batting practice one. the other day, and then uh, they talked about you know your dad, of course, and then Adam said, then of course his son Tony is uh, one of the great broadcasters for the Padres on radio. Oh, I got so, a great in there too. You got a wow, great. I don't you know. Great. I might have put you that in myself. <laughs> you didn't need to tell him that, Chris. You could have just went with it. I said I might have put it in there. Oh, I'd yeah. have to go back <laughs> so, to the so tape. The, oh, okay, so Tony's going to have to just uh, to go no, back Don't to worry. I don't care that much. I won't go back and try to find it. But, but we were excited. Uh, My wife jumped off the couch. Hey, Tony just got a mention. So... <laughs> That was good. That uh, is, uh, you know, that's that's one of the cool parts about my job. I, I had never really met Adam. Jesse introduced us for the first series, and you just meet good people, man. Uh, getting to hang out w- with Boog while he was doing, he's doing the radio uh, um, for ESPN. On, for ESPN, like just just solid. Doug Glanville, another one, getting to to, to hang out and chop it up with him. I ran it. What's what's fun about going to Dodger Stadium for me, and this is. Off, kind of off the beat a little bit, is when Nomar Garcia Parr is down there. Inevitably, we get down there and we just get he, I just get to nerd out because he just starts. We just start talking hitting <laughs> and, and what he's seeing from the Dodger side and what I'm seeing for the Padres. And it literally would would should usually be like a five minute conversation. I'll get stuck there for about thirty minutes, just talking hitting. It's one of like my favorite things to do when he's around. But I love uh, that. The, they they'll they'll all be coming down this way now and Adam uh, Amin and uh, AJ by the way are doing a really good job on the broadcast. I've heard no you know it's funny you from said Padre that fans because they're really they're being very fair to the Padres even even to the point of you know making sure that uh, they talk about you know how electric things are going to be in San Diego on Friday and they've done a really good job. Both ways. I must have my mentions must only pick up the the bad stuff because <laughs> I, I I got all stuff you're from getting the all FS the negative stuff in my mentions yeah hey, so, uh, yeah. real quick before we get to the end of the hour and Tony goes into the press conferences Tony will you please ask uh, manager Bob Melvin if the if he knows anything about the goose and whether or not he's okay I will not <sighs> that was a question that a lot of people want to know Okay. Yeah, I, I want uh, I want Bob to like still respect me. I'm not going to ask him anything about that. <laughs> okay, the fine. Or the, the goose, excuse me. I don't want to get in trouble again. Oh yeah, goose. yeah, 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 yeah. Say goose. Yeah, say goose. <laughs> More going to Chris on the way. Three o'clock hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 